0: This is Life Links with a DL Link.
1: Well, good afternoon. Twelve o'clock it is. It is so wonderful to be with you. I'm Nikki Seberini and I'm with you for the next hour here on the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I have been away a couple of weeks and a break is always good because everything looks so fresh and new when one gets back. So it's fabulous to be back. And thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, the DL Link Show, which is such a brilliant organization, was founded by Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artzler all the way back in 2010. Um, and now in 2017, still going strong, just really working within the community, more and more and more families. And doing such a wonderful job In providing a nurturing safe space Where patients who are faced with cancer As well as their families Can turn to for support So every week on the DR Link show We bring you stories We bring you warriors We bring you doctors, new treatments Nutritionists, nutritionists, professors Everyone um, who has anything to do with well-being, health um, Just to share their expertise And to share their stories with you and listen, we love to hear from you. It's really so um encouraging when you get your your feedback and also your stories. You know, this is a show where we'd like to hear your story. So please do um SMS us during the show. The SMS line you can reach us on is 34519. And you can also call us on air on 074-654-7335. We have such a brilliant show lined up for you today. And um, we're talking a lot about mind over matter, the power of the mind. Also talking about uh, that in terms of overcoming struggles with our warrior, who is Rian van de Westhaisen. Um, Leonard Carr is going to be talking about the power of the mind. And then I have, starting off, our guest, um, who I've had on the show on other shows a couple of times it's always a privilege to have him on the show because he has such um, an interesting approach and it's not just interesting approach it's revolutionizing the way people are eating and the way they're looking at their health Um, and that is of course Professor Tim Noakes so I'd like to welcome Professor Tim Noakes um, onto the show Um, Prof you there
2: Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
1: Welcome, welcome. It is always a pleasure. And I think that the last time we chatted was just after um, you had released the book, um, The Real Meal Revolution. And I think we can perhaps highlight the word revolution. I mean, did you realize that it would have quite the impact that it did have?
2: (laughs) Well, my wife looks at me and says, did you really ever have to write that book? <laughs> I, can imagine, <laughs> so caused, I
1: can imagine that.
2: Because so it caused us so much trouble over the last three mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And this trial that I've been through, but which was a direct result of writing the book. But no, I would never take it back. I mean, it's, uh, it, was, it is a revolution and we have to make that revolution mm-hmm. sooner or later if we want to be healthy. Said- we can't continue down the route we've gone eating foods for which we're not really adapted. And going back to what we ate in the 1950s and the 1960s to become healthy again, we have to make the link sometime. And if the real meal revolution expedited that change in South Africa, then it's Then it's really made a great contribution. Mm
1: -hmm. Listen, you can't be, you can't shy away from controversy. And I'm sure that you realized when you were writing the book and when you were looking at all the research behind Banting. And as you said, going back to that time before there was obesity and problems with, um, insulin and uh, diabetes, you must have known that, you know, you were going to ruffle some feathers.
2: Yes, but you know, I'm always an optimist, and I just assumed that when people saw the evidence, which is so blatantly obvious, that Mm. they would say, gosh, you know, Noakes is right, sorry we were wrong for so long, (laughs) we're going to have to change. Mm. Instead, what happened was the walls just were thrown up, and people hid behind the walls, and kind of said, well, actually, there's no evidence for what he's saying, and he's wrong, and then they... They smeared me throughout South Africa and tried to destroy my career. Mm. And that was the response. And I didn't expect that response. I did expect, honestly, people to say, gosh, let's look at the evidence. But I was absolutely surprised that people refused and continue to refuse to look at the evidence. And that Mm. that comes right from the top academics in the country. They simply won't address the issue. They won't look at the facts. Mm. I never expected that.
1: It's hard for people to um, adopt, I think, and change and change ways of thinking and being. Um, But you've been vindicated, Prof. I mean, in April, um, that must have been a huge relief for you and your family.
2: Oh, massive. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: I I can't thank you know, five people saved my life. They really did. I think you had to be in it to know how tough it was. And my wife, firstly, was absolutely critical. Then I had uh, Marika Sporos, the writer, journalist who's been so supportive, and then my three lawyers, Adam Pike, Michael Thunderness from Johannesburg, and Rocky Ramdas from Port from Peter Pietermaritzburg. they just saved my life because they gave everything they could to this fight. And, and eventually we won. We had to win because the facts were on our side. Mm. But the bias against us was so unbelievable, yeah. and the prejudice against us at every level, mm. that we only won in the end because the facts supported us, and we, we managed to present those facts faithfully and truthfully over twelve days so it was twelve days <laughs> Harrowing. Never happened in the history yeah it yeah. never happened in the history of of medical science sure. recent medical science that a person has been prosecuted for his evident for his having an opinion and then having that opinion tested over twelve days and the prosecution could not find anything wrong with what we said not one thing and so that was for me, the, the great moment. That yeah. we, we put the evidence before a legal structure, as it were, and they couldn't say that anything we'd said was wrong.
1: I can imagine it must, as I said, it must have just been a heroin mm-hmm. experience. But it's behind you. Although the the appeal climb continues, and you know, we, I mean, we, we're going to be talking about it in terms, and certainly within the context of this show, which is the Deal Link Show, where we have people who are battling cancer and families and friends who are supporting those who are battling cancer, and we we talk yeah. about nutrition and we talk about treatments conventional treatments complementary treatments we try and open all of that up here on the dl link show so i'm so fascinated um professor noakes what your thoughts are in terms of food now i know that we talk about sugars um causing cancer or um certainly not good for cancer you you can get a risk carbohydrates proteins maybe you can just very simply unpack that for us
2: yeah, I think what frustrates me is that nutrition is not taught to doctors so that they have no concept. That's the first point. Mm. And we've allowed other people to take complete control of of dietetics, and dietetics only begins in 1977 if the history of nutrition begins in 1977. But if you go back to the 1900s, there are about five or six different books written about the health of populations that we're not eating the current diet. Mm. So if one goes back and, for example, Albert Schweitzer, and you read his books, he said we didn't see cancer in the people in Uganda where he was working for decades. He said the white community, yes, they had cancer, but the black people, the African people did not have cancer. And there's a whole bunch of uh, reports coming from communities that continue to eat their traditional foods where cancer didn't exist. And we just forgot that cancer is a modern disease. Mm. And people are realizing, gosh, what's changed? Of course, the environment's more polluted. Of course, there are pesticides. And of course, there's everything else. But the nutrition has been the real big change. And so we have to unpack that and question whether nutrition is the driver. And there's one very fine scientist, uh, Dr. Thompson, who heads up one of the major cancer research centers in the United States. And he says, Carbohydrates drive cancer. And and, and he, he's not Tim Noakes saying it. This is one of the world authorities who spent his life studying cancer. And he said if you eat a high-fat diet, it does not promote cancer. But now when I was at medical school, we were told that cancer is driven by high-fat diet, But it has to be carbohydrate-driven because diabetics, the biggest risk factor for cancer is diabetes. Really? And diabetes is a disease of high-carbohydrate consumption, not of high-fat consumption. So that's the first, or the first two points. The third point is we've known since 1931 that cancer cells are very, very primitive cells. And they cannot function by burning fat. They, by and large, most of them burn carbohydrates, particularly glucose. And they ferment glucose to lactate. And that is the only way they can produce their energy. So it makes logical sense that if you are diabetic and you've got lots of glucose circulating, in your bloodstream, you are going to promote cancer cells. And therefore, the next conclusion is, well, let's try and get the glucose down a bit and see if that'll help. How do we do that? We're putting people on low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet. And finally, finally, around the world, the cancer specialists are beginning to look at alternative techniques. Mm. For example, cancer is out of control in the United States despite the billions that are spent each year I know that last year 1.5 million Americans were diagnosed with new cases of cancer sure. and something like 500 million people died of cancer. So for all we've spent on trying to prevent cancer, it's not working. So perhaps we should say like diabetes, what we're doing isn't working Maybe we should go back to
1: the drawing board and think differently. Wow. Prof, I'm going to put you on hold. And after the break, let's look at carbohydrates and let's break that down. When I think of carbohydrates, I think of pasta and bread. Um, Let's really break down what we mean when we use the word carbohydrate. Please stay with us.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link. LifeLinks is a DL link fundraising initiative. This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: Welcome back to the DL Link Show, here for you on 101.9 Chi FM. I have Professor Tim Noakes on the line. We're talking about food, we're talking about nutrition, and we're talking about um, what kind of food um, risks the um, um, the diagnosis of cancer, really. Um, and Prof, just before the break, you were talking about carbohydrates, that, that that going back in time, that really our diets have changed, it's changed everything, and that if you have diabetes, there is a risk um, for cancer as well. So I asked the question, what, what do you mean by carbohydrates? Is it just the potatoes, the pasta, the bread? What, what are carbs?
2: That's a great question. So animal produce is by and large fat and protein. You don't get carbohydrates in animal products by and large. So if you're eating an animal-based diet, you're getting mainly fat and protein. Mm-hmm carbohydrates are found in vegetables, in fruits, and mainly cereals and grains. So the main source of carbohydrates in the modern diet is cereals and grains. So you mentioned bread. That would obviously be one, but rice and maize would also be the main contributors, and soy. Those are probably the the three or four main contributors to carbohydrates in the diet. Mm -hmm. In South Africa, for example, 40% of the calories we eat come from maize. And if you went to the United States, you'd probably find 60 or 70% of their calories come from cereals and grains. Then we have vegetables, and the vegetables would be, we differentiate between those which grow above the ground, the leaves that come above the ground, or the storage organs below the ground. And the storage organs contain much more carbohydrate. And then finally, fruits, which are very high in, car- in carbohydrates, particularly sugars, and are Probably the the one source that would be the easiest to cut carbohydrates would be to cut fruits because they don't actually provide all the nutrients you want. You're much better off eating vegetables. But again, the vegetables you want to eat are the ones, the leafy things above the ground. So that's a simple, but cereals wow. and grains are the main source of carbohydrates in the South African diet.
1: So I'm sure lots of people who are listening are gobsmacked. Um, unless they had read the the Real Meal Revolution, they probably had no idea that eating certain vegetables and certainly fruits um, was also looked at eating uh, the same as eating carbohydrates, which, as you say, um, is a, a risky food group.
2: Yes, indeed. You see, the industry, you have to understand that industry drives the production and use of these products. And in 1992, somewhere in the United States, a group got together and came up with this five-a-day story that if you ate five servings of fruit and vegetables, you'd be healthy. But there was absolutely no science for that. And there still is no evidence that it's healthy to eat vegetables and fruit. So what we say today is, listen, fruits are a treat. They've got lots of carbohydrates and They've, they're not really nutritious. They, they just give you energy. You don't want to eat them if you want a nutrient-dense diet. Vegetables, by and large, they're fine as long as they come above the, above the ground. And cereals and grains are a real problem because they come with all sorts of additional problems. That, that they were never designed by, whoever designed <laughs> cereals and grains, let's call him God. God did not design cereals and grains to be eaten by humans. You mm-hmm. have to prepare them in a particular way because they contain anti-nutrients and particularly wheat has gluten in it. And humans cannot digest gluten. We, we simply can't metabolize it. And for some of us, like about 20 or 30% of the population, the gluten is a real problem and, and causes us to be mildly unhealthy without realizing
1: it. Mm-hmm.
2: So so that's it, the problems with yeah. eating fruits and cereals and grains. They, they're not really healthy and they've never been proven to be particularly healthy, but industry decided that we should eat them because they they wanted to sell that as a product. So that was what happened.
1: I mean I'm just thinking of the perfect bowl of cereal with cut up fruit inside and that's what we all perceive to be, as you've said, a healthy meal. Yeah, but let let's yeah. look at let's look at some because I mean over the years I've 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 chatted with nutritionists and doctors and and they've spoken about the importance of the antioxidants that you can find in tomatoes, for example, the cranberries, the berries. What about that, prof? I mean we we can't eliminate um, vegetables from our diet. Surely um, you're going to have certain vegetables which, are in fact, are incredibly good for us and are cancer-fighting.
2: Well, that's your model, you see. But vegetables were only discovered 10,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've lived 2 million years. Humans have been in evolution for at least 4 million years. And we weren't eating vegetables, and we were doing pretty well. So you see, that's all. A, that's all possible. Maybe they are healthy, but we don't know. There's no scientific evidence. Mm. But that's very good marketing by the people who sell us vegetables and fruit. It's like a few years ago, people talked about wine having these uh, anti-inflammatory agents, etc. Well, now people say actually, you know, if you're drinking a little bit of wine, you get brain damage ultimately. So it all depends on who's spinning it, mm. and one has to realize that. You see, why do you need antioxidants if your body is not in an oxidized state? Okay. If you're eating so well that you don't, you're not producing an oxidized state, why do you need antioxidants?
1: What about proteins, Professor? Um, how are, how do, where do proteins lie? So you're talking about high fat, there's no, there is no risk for cancer eating high fats. Carbohydrates, high risk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And proteins?
1: Sorry, I don't um, want to muddle up your words. Is yes.
2: Protein is in between. Protein is in between because it is converted into, into glucose in the body. So okay, it's in between. Wow, okay. Let me just make a point that humans cannot eat more than 35% of the calories from protein because otherwise you get sick. Your body cannot detoxify proteins in excess of 35% of the calories. Mm-hmm. So your diet, if it's a high-protein diet, will be 35% protein, will provide 35% of the calories. The other 65% has to come from carbohydrates or fat. And traditionally, we humans ate most of that as fat, but now we've converted that, so we're eating much less fat and more carbohydrates. And that's when the problems with our health really began, when we, instead of eating a predominantly fat-based diet, we went into a diet that was predominantly carbohydrate-based. So you can eat up to 35% of your diet as protein, and that's pretty healthy, and we think that's important. But once you go, you can't go beyond that.
1: Mm. You know, it really is, it's a mindset shift completely. It's, as you said, it's a revolution because we are also stuck to the three meals a day. Breakfast, lunch, mm. supper, snacks in between. Um, but you talk about listening to your body. So we've kind of disconnected. We don't really know when we're hungry or when we're not. We know that it's breakfast and so we eat. What you're saying is that with the, in my understanding, and please do correct me if I'm wrong, but based on what mm. I've read is that if you have the high fat to diet and then you've got the 35% protein, you don't get as hungry. So you're not looking necessarily at three meals a day you're saying, listen to your body eat when you're hungry. Am I right?
2: That's correct. And see what happened was, the reason why you're told to eat six meals a day is because you're told to eat a high carbohydrate diet. Okay, And a high carbohydrate diet makes you hungry every three hours because because it's addictive. The foods that we eat are highly addictive. So you look for your your food like you would for cigarettes or alcohol every three hours. And that's not the way humans are designed. We're designed to burn fat all the time and to eat infrequently. And fasting is becoming evident as a really healthy procedure to to only eat once, twice a day maximum. That's the way you to
1: be the most healthy. Um, I can I can just hear everybody gasping and panicking at the thought of just eating once or twice a day. I certainly am. Prof, I know that you have to go. I have to ask you two very quick questions, although I'm sure the answer is going to take a lot longer. First of all, people who suffer from cholesterol. When I think of protein and high-fat diets, I start to get nervous. I suffer from high cholesterol. Is there danger in that?
2: Well, you don't suffer from high cholesterol because there's no disease called high cholesterol. Oh, okay. That,
1: Thank you for that. <laughs>
2: There's a a disease called coronary artery disease or heart disease, Mm -hmm. which is caused by diabetes. Diabetes is the biggest cause of arterial disease, and that's got hidden. Cholesterol has never been shown to cause arterial disease. The evidence for that is so strong, but unfortunately we've been spun the story that saturated fat causes cholesterol to rise, and that cholesterol causes arterial damage. It doesn't. It's insulin and glucose and inflammation,
0: that That's causes creative. arterial damage.
2: Mm. And we know that. If you if you have diabetes and you're not controlling your glucose and you have you're injecting too much insulin, you will develop arterial disease much worse than any other form of arterial disease what we know. So the toxic thing for your arteries is carbohydrates.
1: Carbohydrates carbohydrates of people who are suffering from cholesterol it's something they have to consider and uh, you know this is a this is as I said when we started off it isn't uh, is an uphill battle because you are literally telling people that they can fly when they never knew they could fly before you know that
3: exactly
2: you see what happened was humans are incredibly healthy if you eat properly we are incredibly healthy we are the most successful mammals on this earth for the wrong reasons but mm. we we've, we've become the only mammals on earth who are sick and it's because we eat the foods that we manufacture.
1: That we, so we manufacture. We're
2: stupid yeah. that we manufacture these foods and they kill us, and then we don't understand
1: why. Mm. And that's why you've called it the real meal, taking the real food, the food in its natural state. That's correct. Not processed. Prof, you know, we could carry on chatting. I know that you've got a meeting. I want to thank you because I think you've planted many seeds um, and you've given us certainly a lot to think about and certainly a lot to talk about. So thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure spending time with you.
2: My privilege to chat to you again. Thank you so
1: very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. Uh, Bye-bye. Professor Tim Noakes, and you know, I mean, we're sitting here. There's some people who are shaking their heads and saying impossible, can't be. But, you know, we're fed things. We are fed things. We read things. We believe things. And Professor Tim Noakes is coming from a a place of having done a lot of research. There's a lot of science behind what he's saying, hence, you know, being vindicated in his recent court case. And maybe we've got to start looking at it. Have you thought about that? Maybe opening your mind to this new way? Think about the increase in cancer. Think about the increase in obesity, type 2 diabetes. What is it about? Is it about eating too many carbohydrates and are you willing to make a change not easy I've got to think about that one let's take a break and then we have our warrior in on the show stay with us
0: this is life links with a DL link if you are in business and you would like to support the DL link consider advertising or sponsoring the show Walking with Warriors.
1: 25 minutes past 12 o'clock, you are listening to the DL Link Show, where we... Connect you through insights and Information and illumination I'm Nikki Seberini, I learned So much sitting here in front Of this microphone, I'm so privileged To have you join me once a week And to have access to the people that We do um, and Especially the warriors, people Who have fought the battle um, And who continue to fight the battle um, And who share their Stories of triumph, of struggle um, Of anger Of um, victory Victory with us, um, as I said, it is always just a, a great privilege to have that. So I'm delighted to welcome our warrior today who is, um, he's a fighter. He's a coach and a fighter, I think, in all senses of the word because of his fighting spirit. He's overcome so many um, life-threatening incidents in his life. Um, and I'd like to welcome Rion van der And Rion welcome. It is lovely to have you on the show. Is Rion not there? Have we lost Rion? Okay, we've lost Rion, so, uh, he is our, he's our warrior. We're gonna try and get Rion again on, on the line. So what were your thoughts on, um, Professor Tim Noakes? I'd love to hear from you. You can always SMS me on 34519. I did get the book, The Real Meal Revolution, and I know that they've come out with a little pocket-sized book as well because they've made a few adjustments, and I'll tell you what I like about Professor Tim Noakes is he's not afraid to say, I made a mistake. Or he's not afraid to say... I've changed my point of view, or we've relooked at things, and I and I think that that that's admirable because everything is in process. Everything. I mean, you look at um, uh, experimenting on certain uh, drugs and treatments, and it's all a process until we find it, until we we get the answers, and even then, it's changing. Um, and I think I've, I've that's something that I really respect greatly with Professor Tim Noakes is that he has this. It's called the Banting. Pocket guide, and it's just talking about that there are a few. And I think it's ten percent of people who go onto the Banting diet who, in fact, have put on weight. Um, the the role that alcohol plays, etc., etc. So if you are a banter if you have been following the Real Meal Revolution, perhaps you should try and get your hands on that Banting pocket uh, guide. Um, yeah, and just and just read the updates on on that Real Meal Revolution. I do believe we have our warrior on the line. Um, so one. Once again, let me welcome Rion van de and Rion welcome. Lovely to have you on the show.
3: Thank you so much, Lee. It's a pleasure
1: to be here. So, Rion, I started off and I said, because it's, you know, Rion van de Vesthuisen, fighter and coach. So you're a physical Ooh. fighter, but you're a fighter on many, many levels. You have a great fighting spirit. And when I talk about a fighting spirit, I'm talking about a great strength of spirit. Were you born that way? You
3: know, I can't say I was born that way. I just became that way, either. Or it's just something I've always had in me, I suppose, because through adversity, it's not always just you know fighting illness, but there's a lot of adversity in life, and you also have to fight. So, you know, it's all about the fighting ability. At just getting the fight to do this.
1: You in two thousand. First of all, you've been fighting. You've been uh, You've been. Is it called Muay Thai? Muay Thai, yes. Muay Thai. So you've been. I always try yes. to explain to people
3: yes. if you say 15 you know, the it's Muay. Muay. And if you say um, Thai in English, that's Muay Thai.
1: Okay, I love that. Yeah, I'll never forget it. Yes. Muay Thai. I've got it. I've there got you it. Go. So in 2008, you were in an accident. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was really, you, you've explained that your your approach to Muay Thai, your coach, your whole Muay Thai experience, in fact, helped you survive this accident. Yeah. You need to expand, please.
3: Well, yeah. the, the doctor told my mother that if it wasn't for Muay Thai, I would have died because my body has gone so conditioned from the punching, you know, being kicked. So when I had the accident, my body was like, ah, sorry, just another fight.
1: Hang on one sec. Okay. Hang on, hang on, Rion. I don't want to. I don't because it's such an important story. But we're having a hard time. Can we? I think we're going to mm-hmm. try call you again. It's not a very good line, okay. and I want the no listeners worries. to really be able to grasp exactly what you're saying. So we're going to try Rion again um, because it's 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 not a good line, and and he is a true warrior. Um, I do see that an SMS came through. What do vegetarians eat? And I'm with you because I'm a vegetarian, um, and. Uh, the last time I chatted with, uh, Prof. Noakes and I spoke about vegetarianism Um, and he spoke about the nuts, using and eating nuts and eating the certain vegetables, the leafy vegetables Um, and also he tried to encourage fish but I don't eat fish. So that is something that we'll have to go into and I I think the next time we have Professor Tim Noakes on the line I think we need to look at vegetarianism because there are more and more vegetarians. So I'm sorry if I'm not giving you the exact answer that you want in the meal room revolution. The book, as I said, they, they they focus a lot on on nuts, and he does say that it is only thirty five percent of the diet, um, which is which goes to protein. Okay, Rian, let's hope we can hear you clearly. You there? Yes, I am. Can you hear? Me? Yeah, well, it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. Let's go back to that accident. Apologies for the interruption. No worries. So, so you tell us about your accident in two thousand and eight.
3: Okay, 2008, i always been like this. 2007, I just came, uh, I won my title, South African Champ, Moyka. So I've, you know, became this icon. Mm. And then, okay, I thought, can we give myself a bike? I got myself a bike. And then one evening from training, came home. A car jumped off soft seat and knocked me over. Sure. I wake up in hospital six days later with two broken arms, brain injury and uh, not knowing where I was. <laughs> mm. uh, they diagnosed me with confusion because of extensive brain damage. I couldn't speak. I couldn't do anything for myself. I literally had to learn to walk again. I had to walk. I had to learn to talk again. And I sure. even lost my memory. Sure. And there's another part of it, but um, music helped me regain my memory. Music? Because, yeah. Really? I'm, I'm a big Eminem fan. So one day, my friends and to were bright it after I got my hospital, and he played Eminem music. And every time I heard a song, Eminem, I think it took me back to a moment in time where you wow. had memories.
1: So it triggered. It, it was triggering yeah. memories for you. That's incredible.
3: Yeah, and then I obviously couldn't fight anymore because of my broken arms. And I told myself, you know what, I want to fight again. And mm-hmm. that's what I had my mind on. I just told myself, no matter what or no matter how long respect, I'm going to get back into the ring. So I'm training again. I'm starting to train four times a week. I'm doing all of those things I and mean, then I spoke to my teacher and my teacher was like, can I fight again?" my teacher? Okay, you know what? I needed to have a full medical checker yeah. to make sure that everything's okay because I can't with anything have to be in the ring and it's because of the season are being followed. So I go to the doctor or not a doctor, I was into a specialist because I had place in my arms at time. So I had the mental place in my arms move. And then I found that I had a meniscus tear. You know what a meniscus? No,
1: is? no, no, no idea. See
3: it's it's a knee injury. That's something in the knee that gets torn that causes all those cracking sounds. So I had to go for surgery for that. But then before all of that happened I had to go for a full body scan and then they found a brain tumour.
1: A brain tumour?
3: Yeah, and it was inside my thumb. And they came to a test. They said, okay, cool, let's go for a brain biopsy. They stuck a needle through your brain and found out it was cancer. Results came back, no cancer. So I can live life and, cool, let's get back on the fighting path. Mm-hmm. So, cool, I'm going to start training again. This time, no head blows. But it was amazing, because I knew I had brain tumour, it wasn't easy to be hitting against me. It was my defense in my head. It was amazing. You could kick me easily, but it could not punch my head. Mm. And then when I went to the fight, I went to my knee surgery, and then I asked the surgeon to send me to an uh, MRI scan. MRI scan comes back, brain tumour due the size of my fist.
1: So it sure. confused me. Mm. So I it mean, had gone from the size of brain your brain. thumb to the size of your fist? Yeah. yeah. And this got to and I was like,
3: okay, in 2010, you told me it's not cancer, so why is it growing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Because I could have had it removed that time, but because there wasn't cancer, I didn't have to move. But not because it's grown so much, they said, I have to have it removed. But okay, cool, let's do this. And then I went for brain surgery. I spent another week in hospital. And just before I had the surgery, I had a reflection. Because cool. all I wanted to do was to fight. Because the body wasn't physically able to fight, Life I said, you know what? You had your surgery for your arms. You had the neck to remove. You became mm-hmm. a successful. You had a knee operation. You became a successful. These were all your fights.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And this is a of your biggest fight. So every time I was in hospital, was me being in the reading. And that's just where I looked at everything. So I thought, okay, cool. My brain surgery now is my world championship fight. The biggest fight of my life. Mm,
4: mm. I had
3: the surgery, and then it was unsuccessful. But it not remove the tumor. They only managed to get about, say, in 1990, was, so there was like a fingernail there.
1: So what, did they, what, what, did, what kind of treatment did you have to do for the remainder? What was remaining? Uh, I am going
3: to get to that for you now. Oh, uh, <laughs> <yes? laughs> So But uh, before I actually went for the remainder, first, we can test out what they got.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: The dogs came back to low-reg tumour meaning that it's not cancerous. But if I do leave for another three months or two months, it will all become cancerous. Wow. But before we get to that point, we need to then, of course, um, self-cancer treatment. So they've gotten the oncologist, Dr. Jason, and he came to me and he said, look, because of the situation, I'm um, going to ask him to see you. And at that point, or just before he came to me, one of my friends already had told me about um, cannabis oil. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, because I'm a fighter, because I'm a sportsman, i am clean or drugs or, you know, I, mean, yeah. so I, was, yeah. uh, I was very, but then I thought, you know what? Right now, it's not really a sport, I'm going to be tested, so let's give it a go. And then I spoke to the guy I said, Used to the oil, and he told me, You know, a lot of people misunderstand the cannabis oil. Cannabis oil is like putting your immune system on steroids. Mm-hmm. So often, in schools, we want to make our muscles worse, but we're scared about the immune system. Mm-hmm. So I started using cannabis oil, and, so, and then the doctor came back to me. We said, Okay, cool, we have a um, chemotherapy option again. were a lot of it, and I said, No. I'm not going to be chemo, by too many girls, friends and friends are friends that have not died from cancer, that actually died from the chemo.
1: So your choice was not, was not to already, go for the chemo, Rian, you didn't want chemo?
3: <laughs> no, so I said no. Okay. And then a week later, he said, okay, cool, we have another option, please, radiation. So I'm like, okay, so what do you mean, radiation? I'm not, my head into a microwave every day. I was just having fun with it. <laughs> And then you treatment series now against a radiation machine, and it's always the radiation. We have a be, I have to go to really the human, and I have to go for fifty of those sessions Wow every day.
1: Wow.
3: Um, Okay, not on a Saturday and a Sunday, of course, but Monday Friday, every day, I go at nine fifty for fifty minutes. And interesting while I went to my treatment, I listen every day as a fight I remember being on stage every day. I say around one. Round <laughs> two, round wow. three, round wow. four. And that is how I look to my radiation every wow. day. Mm. And then when I got my results, I remember to ask on the radiologist to keep my hand up like a top fight next to because that was my opponent. And I'm quite winning. And I've always just looked at, you know what, I'm not going to go look at all the pain, even if I'm suffering right now. How am I look at my future? I knew that after this treatment, I had a travel having so planned mean, already to go to Sweden with the Mojite team so I thought okay I can just do this I mean I'm going to go to Sweden I am going to tell myself oh what's going to happen now or what can do this but I just carried on taking my five drops of oil a day going for my radiation and just any like there's nothing wrong
1: Rion, I'm going to interrupt you I want to ask you because we're going mm-hmm. to take a break just now so that was in 2010, um, and I know that the sound isn't fantastic, so I'm just going to repeat. This brain tumor um, you were operated on, um, you had to go mm-hmm. for treatment because although it wasn't cancerous, it could become cancerous within a short period of time. You opted not to go for chemotherapy. You started to use cannabis oil, and you went for 30 mm-hmm. sessions of daily radiation treatment. It's 2017. Yeah. How are you today? Just,
3: and during the radiation, it was a nightmare.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, a soft COVID, with
1: mm-hmm.
5: the
3: radiation heating. I always talk to you you go on to the beach on a sunny day, yeah. and I'll be down to And when you come home, you always feel like you're burning or something. Shame, yeah. That's how I felt the radiation. Mm-hmm. And because of the medication, was I was going me on um, ethnoid, that's a steroid. That slowed me up. I know a lot of patients always tend to lose a lot of weight. Mm. I had pulled up like a little over. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Today, I'm doing very well. Um, I'm not allowed to train very hard because of the gap in my head now from the brain surgery mm-hmm. because they removed my entire left um, frontal lobe. Wow. Yeah, so I'm hoping that medical science will one day create some type of polyfiller so they can actually,
1: <laughs> use it, you know, <laughs> Some of a gap in the head. But besides besides seeing the gap, has it affected you in any other way, missing that part of your brain?
3: Not um, really, hey. Um, wow, I mean, that's fantastic,
1: is, uh, Rian. Wow.
3: I just when I try to run or oh, you know shake a lot in the brain, shake, and I feel okay. a bit of headache and there, uh-huh. but I mean, it's not something I can't control and not aware of. Mm.
1: You've been forced and, to um, slow down.
3: Ooh, I'm just going to cut back to clear. Two days ago or oh, three days ago, I just had my follow-up, and I'm so all clear.
1: Fantastic. Rion, what a what an incredible story. Listen, I'm going to put you on hold because um, mm-hmm. our next guest is going to be joining us. He's going to be joining our conversation, um, Leonard Carr, is a clinical mm-hmm. psychologist, because I'm so fascinated that you have this fighting spirit. As you said, the first radiation was, was round one, round two, and it's this incredible fighting spirit. And you talk about this clear bill of health in 2017, which is incredibly inspiring. So stay with us, Rion. We're going to be back in a, a sure. couple of minutes. Thank you.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link. If you are in business and you would like to support the DL link, consider advertising or sponsoring the show. This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: Welcome back to the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Our warrior is Rian is an SA champ uh, of Mai Tai in uh, 2007, 2008. He was in a huge um, accident. 2010, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, he's had part of his brain removed. Um, but he has this incredible fighting spirit and talks about a clean bill of health um, just a few days ago and really inspiring. So uh, I have Leonard Carr, who he's our resident clinical psychologist who joins us every now and then he dips in and he dips out with these words of wisdom. Leonard, welcome.
4: Thank you, Nikki.
1: Lovely to have you on the show. Lovely, lovely. Um, We we talk about all aspects of the spirit, the human spirit, when faced with all types of challenges, Leonard. Um, And, you know, some people are just born with this innate fighting spirit. And maybe I shouldn't use the word fighting because maybe they're negative connotations, but it's certainly a spirit where... Nothing will get me down. I mean, Rion talks about going for radiation, and after each one, he'd say, right, that was round one. Cancer was his opponent. Right. You know, what What do we say about this incredible fighting spirit?
4: Well, I'm not sure if innate would be the right description. I think definitely there is a genetic innate component to it. But I also think it's got to do with upbringing.
1: Upbringing. So it's not, you're not really born with a fighting spirit.
4: It, you know, you might, you you might have the potential to, for it. Uh-huh. But I think that a, a, a person who's felt loved, supported, um, confident to face the world um, sort of feels bigger than the challenges that they face. And a person who's got trust issues, who um, doesn't feel confident, doesn't feel valuable, doesn't feel enough or good enough. Um, will always feel like they're on a back foot. And and that's got very much to do with early parenting.
1: Early parenting. How come you've got some people who are so much more motivated than others? Is that also to do with parenting? Yeah. Really?
4: In, in fact, Freud... What have I
1: done wrong, Leonard? <laughs>
4: Freud said
1: that, oh, oh, okay. that, the,
4: that the child who's, who knows they're the favorite carries an air of triumph with them their whole life.
1: And is that a good or a bad thing? So... That's,
4: you know, that's a neutral thing. Is it? The, I think the point is the metaphor that someone who feels that they were truly loved and truly valued for who they are and truly supported has that inner self-assurance and 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 courage to, to face the world. Um, whereas someone who felt that, you know, they, they didn't have enough substance, enough skill, enough value or whatever it is. To make demands on the world, to protect themselves, um, you know, who were given pessimistic outcomes. You'll never be XYZ, whatever it is. Th- those kind of people t- struggle.
1: As opposed to saying, I'll show you and rise above it. Or is that just the unique individual who rises above to show? I, I think, I-, I don't know. I mean, well, I find it fascinating. There are lots of
4: different distinctions because also sometimes, um, you know, you do get personalities who are bullied. And they take on an attitude of nothing's ever, nothing and no one are ever going to get me down. I'm going to show you mm. who's boss. Mm. And of course, that can serve you up to a point, but it can also work against you.
1: Let's ask Rion. Rion. You've been listening to, to this bantering, um, and you, I mean, I read a little bit of your history, um, and you lived with your grandparents um, at a yeah. young age. Um, you did struggle. Um, you lost your grandparents at a young age. This did have a profound effect on your life. Based on what Leonard is saying, we're talking about this fighting spirit. I'm saying, is it innate? Were you born with it? And I asked you the same question. Leonard's talking yeah. about the way you were brought up. What are your thoughts? What are your What's your experience?
3: You know, my you know, I grew up with lots of love, I'll say. You know, growing up with my grandparents, I grew up thinking of that they are actually my parents after my husband. Uh, hence, when they passed away, I went to deep depression. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were asking me since the age of two because my folks lived when I was two. So because of the custody agreement, um, I couldn't live with my dad or my mom. But they said, okay, if I'm going to live with my grandparents, my parents would be maybe second week. Now, this is like crazy. My mom being Muslim, my dad being Christian, resulted in me going to Sunday school every second week and to Muslim school every second week. Oh, wow. So I was, <laughs> you know what? So, I was very, very confused, but the love was always there. Mm. You know, I was always pushed from my grandparents that I can do whatever I want Um The only thing they didn't want me to do was play rugby, play uh, football, because I'm going to get hurt. And today I'm doing the most dangerous thing for Mm. but to them always motivating me and encouraging me I was to student on school but always you know I'm making them proud and all I wanted to do was make them proud mm. and you know making my mother proud was one of the biggest reasons and motivation to beat cancer because I was also raised by my mom that you know the parent does not study their child and as that is seems, you know me getting through the treatment me suffering what people don't realize is that cancer not only affects fixed patient, it affects the family. Mm. And my mother was worse than me. I can I to really imagine the, this she had worry if I'm going to make it or not. So, the time I was missing, I was like, this is going to be for you. And when mm. I got my results, first time, the first person I let know, and the first person I spent time was my mother, it was like, you know what? We all want to make our parents proud, and no,
1: i have just make my proud. Mm. Uh, you're, you're nodding, Leonard. It's everything that, mm. right. that you that yeah. And, and also,
4: the human beings are relational beings. So a person who's got good relationships and feels the support of those relationships has confidence. A person who has trust issues um, has the experience of the world that it's little me, all alone and isolated, against the big world. They have difficulty with relationships. And if you have difficulty with trusting relationships, then you can't access the support that relationships give you. Um, And and that's where you see the contrast. You know, because, you know, what you're hearing from Rian is that whatever he did, he had a whole chorus of cheerleaders and supporters behind him and people who he wanted to live up to their expectations, make them proud. And that's a huge motivation. If it's just you, then you don't feel like your life makes that much difference to anybody.
1: So, so Leonard, uh, and unfortunately, we're going to have to move on because we are running out of time. But for people who are listening, you go, "Well, I didn't have the best upbringing, and I wasn't very supported by my family." Right. And I, and does that mean that I'm doomed for the rest of my life? And I, am I never going to be able to access that part of of myself?
4: Well, obviously, if I agree to that, then I might as well be change profession. <laughs> Um, So so the the thing is really to recognize it um, because, you know, people's biggest mistake is to believe that if the rest of the world would change, then people would realize how perfect they are. You you have to look at the consequences of whatever you went through in your life for your current relationships, for yourself, for the people around you. And then you can fix it. But it takes work.
1: Mm. Rian, thank you very much for joining us.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having
1: me. Here. It's My been pleasure. really lovely having you on the show. You've been incredibly inspiring and thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you so we wish you we Do wish you endless. so. we wish you much health and uh many more rounds on the ring in the ring but uh slowly <laughs> and carefully. Thank you Rian. it's been lovely. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah. So, so there, so there. Rian is. Um, he's had this operation. I mean, you know, it's a big op to, You know, first of all, the accident. There was, there was, uh, brain damage. There, he spoke about being confused, losing his memory, having to learn and to walk again. Uh, those are big, very, big, big, big setbacks. Big, yeah. Leonard, a, a, a huge. Um, and here he is, fighting strong in a fighting spirit.
4: But you know, Incredibly to reiterate inspiring. what I said is that a person who has that confidence from early life feels bigger than the challenges yeah. that they face yeah. where someone who doesn't finds life overwhelming
1: mm. but we always have the ability to work on ourselves Absolutely. as we said, we should be working on ourselves Absolutely. every moment of the day that's 100%. the greatest gift that we have I suppose we're going to take a break and then our dear link angel will be joining us and, and just talking about uh, her relationship with the dear link and just the, the, the role that the DL link has played on her journey please stay with us
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link. LifeLinks is a DL link fundraising initiative. This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: Eight minutes to one o'clock on the DL Link show, brought to you by 101.9 Chai FM. Um, a, a wonderful warrior today, Rian van Veste, and it was fantastic having him on the show. And now it's time for our DL Link angel. Um, uh, lovely to have her also in the studio, Vanessa Abro. Um, Vanessa, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
5: Thank you, Nikki. It's an honor to
1: be here. A- so, Vanessa, you're, gonna have, you're definitely going to return. We definitely want you to be our warrior next time round. You're our angel. I mean, an angel, a warrior. <laughs> Wonderful things when you come onto the show. Thank because you. you've you've had such an incredible relationship with the DR Link. Now, when were you diagnosed? You were diagnosed with a, a, a very rare cancer. Yes. What, what a, a cancer of the sinus? Yes. It's called dysthia
5: neuroblastoma. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite commonly with children, Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, I was diagnosed about um, six years ago. But it it was already there for about two years. She was, yeah. And
1: what kind of treatment have you had to go under?
5: I've been through chemo, radiation, um, you know, the the whole lot. Um, And yeah, I've I've been Mm re-diagnosed. Unfortunately, if we we don't change our life, um, the disease does come back. But, um, you know, this time I'm doing it slightly differently, more naturally, and um, I'm feeling a lot better for it. Well, that's fantastic. But what do you mean by if you don't change your life? If you don't change the mindset okay. and live with the joy that, you know, that, that we should live with, then, then disease will come back. Uh, that's my belief system. And Leonard is, is nodding.
4: Um Yeah, well, I think that just on a physiological level, um, negative feelings create hormones and things that suppress the immune system and make you more susceptible to disease. So even physiologically, a more positive outlook and more joie de vie um, is healthier for the body.
1: How do you get to that mindset? You've been diagnosed again. You're talking about shifting and changing a mindset. Some people's mindset would be so much worse. How did you lift yourself out of it and go, I need a shift. I need to change the way I see things. I think I had to go back to,
5: you know, when I was young and I had my dreams and my visions. Yeah. And just to to really, you know, just that knowledge that you're not living your best life and you know, from a young age, I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we are victims of upbringing and circumstances. And, you know, we do make our own choices. But when we're young, we're not always that aware of them. Mm-hmm. I think some people are born more aware. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you either you either want to get there to live your best life or, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've just got the fighting spirit. I think I'd like to... Do
1: Muay Thai all day. Could. <laughs> 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 you and Rion. Yeah. That's amazing. And I love what you've just said. And I, I'm so happy that you just put that out there. Mm. And we're going to definitely expand on that when you come on again. I'm, I'm looking so forward to exploring that more with you. Me too. Thank you, Nikki. Tell us about how you came into
5: contact with the DR Link. I actually can't remember it's been so long, really. I, I just know that I was blessed to to, to get in contact with them mm-hmm. and um you know what I've learned through my illness is that we are we are really so reliant on each other for love for support, and when you go through illness you you need that mm-hmm. you know, and without the, there's so many pressures that that come with illness and you know, without somebody to help, uh, an organisation, a person, the community, strangers, you you're fighting alone, and your mm. family are fighting alone, and it's really, really difficult. And the Deal Link, they were there for, just just in a way that I've never experienced before. Complete strangers that were just there to always help for you know, bringing my my daughter art every week and challah on a Friday and candles and food and love and whatever, whatever you wanted they mm, were there and mm. you suddenly realize that you're not alone and mm. whatever you've been through, you know it, you, there's people out there that really, really care mm. and I'd never realized it because I, I don't think I'd ever lived like that, you know, being a part of, of such a, you know, intense love of, from strangers um, and yeah they've been there for me for my whole journey you know all six years constantly and and now they've just organised lifts for my daughter to school um it's you know and and that's how you carry on fighting because yeah. you there's they there mm. and they the deal link have been there, strangers I, i'm blown away by the support of kind people that actually don't even know you but they can see you not well Mm. and I've had flowers brought to me from strangers, I've had meals paid for, I've had just uh, it, it's, it's never ending. And I've learned to be a much more compassionate person, person through that I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. Because it gets you to see something in other people. You, you talk about strangers a lot, that you've had these strangers who are so all, kind. All the time. And, and it just makes you realize that you can just be so much more open to people that you don't even know. It's a wonderful thing, this human connection. You spoke about, you spoke about that just a while ago, Leonard, and how important that is. And that there are people who can go through an entire lifetime without having those connections. That's and sometimes you you faced with this kind of illness and you have these connections how enriching how enriching i,
5: I wouldn't have survived without it not not mm-hmm. only from a, a, a physical the physical help but also emotionally you know you you can't do
1: this alone yeah it, it's 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 impossible, impossible absolutely we've run out of time as always I could carry on for hours always having fascinating people in the studio Vanessa Ebro thank you for joining us I'm looking forward to you being our warrior next time Leonard thank you so much as always bits of wisdom thrown in throughout the show lovely having you on the show Vusi thank you very much for for doing Craig's job Lee thank you for putting a great show together and thank you for joining me I look so forward to being with you same time next week from me Nikki Seberini adios
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link.